0: Alright. What is up guys? Welcome to the Tony and Dakota podcast. <laughs> today up? we're going to talk about uh, some end of the year numbers. Uh, we were going to go over goals. We didn't really talk about them a whole lot. So, um, But we can talk about what our goals were, were for this year, where we ended up, and uh, yeah, kind of what we're going to be doing moving forward in the future. So appreciate you guys watching. We don't have a guest on today. Today it is just Tony yep. and I and we're gonna go over some interesting stuff. If you like numbers, this is definitely gonna be one that you're interested in. If you guys wanna see how much money people make and different things like that. Um, in real estate, this one's gonna be like super insightful. We're gonna go over uh, you know, how much we grossed, how much we made, how many deals we bought, um, what we spend on certain things, different things like that. So stay tuned, it's gonna be a lot of interesting stuff. What's the first thing we wanna cover? This one might have more of an improvisational
1: tone to it, uh, but we try to be as like genuine and authentic as possible when we're doing these podcasts just so that you guys get a feel for our actual personality. We got some good feedback on that. Um, we try not to be like the typical newscaster
0: realtor who puts on the smiley face and it's like But anyways. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, let's try to reenact some of what they do. Could you uh, could you be impersonate them for us real quick? That, well, I think a
1: lot of times they'll just uh, take seven different clips and then stop it and go back and redo it and put in, you know, different visuals and things like that. But a lot of times they'll be like, hey, guys, today we're going to do our end of the year numbers. And I'm super excited to let you guys know the numbers and everything. Uh, let's dive right into it. And then they throw an intro
0: in there. And yeah, I always feel like they're HGTV. like GTV. So in today's news. looks like uh the assignment income that we made was pretty good today we're gonna go over how much more money we bought and how much more we spent and a lot of other stuff that doesn't make any sense all right that's uh that's basically how they talk (laughs) i don't like the way they talk but all right
1: let's go over what's the first thing we want to go over today Um, I got some marketing numbers here, but uh, how much should we spend in marketing?
0: All right. So total spent in marketing. We got our profit and loss statement here. Um, This is actually inaccurate because the funny thing is so far, it says that uh, on our profit and loss, we lost like $924,000 um that is actually not accurate but uh we gotta sort some things out with our um tax account because it shows right now all of our flips and everything that we bought are actually going down as expenses and then we fix it at the end of the month I don't know how it works if you're an accountant maybe you can explain it to me um but total spent in advertising was 77,500 it actually sounds a little low it might it might be a little (laughs) bit low but that's uh that's around what we spent was 77000 And at some point, we had a billboard.
1: Um, you can switch it to me. At some point, we had uh, a TV commercial up. We still have that TV commercial going. Um, we did texts and letters. Uh, the numbers, I just kind of rounded, like gave a guesstimation. Um, 125,000 texts sent, 41,000 letters sent. Uh, we ran the the billboard for three months yep and uh tv commercial so far for about almost three months we're going on three months now Uh, and then as far as social media content we got some uh dakota gave me the numbers it looked like we had 10 referrals as far as marketing was concerned in order to get those 10 referrals it looks like we did 156 posts and that's between pieces of content, newsletters, Facebook Lives, podcasts, YouTube videos, TikToks, that sort of thing. So um, that's the amount of uh, stuff that we generated. It looks like a lot like that's a that's a crap ton. Um, It doesn't feel like that when you're doing it. It feels like you're not producing enough,
0: but uh, that's quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, So we'll go over all of our other marketing uh, like You know where we got our leads from so interestingly enough what do you think that our top producing lead in coming stuff was I think I already heard it but uh,
1: you, you said that it was letters or mailing yeah um, and then kind of toward the end of the year it started to become texting
0: Yep, And cold calling. Yeah. So I think, I think that it's texting and cold calling just because like, uh, we just basically started that like at the end of the year in July, when we hired our acquisitions guy, we did have somebody else doing it. um, And she was decent, but it kind of felt like she dropped off and like, didn't really like, you know, get into it anymore. Um, So she got us one deal from that, but Andrew's been killing it. So uh, we've got 14 deals from texting and cold calling. Um, and he started in july so basically it's been about five months since we really started hitting that part hard Um, direct mail we got 20 uh houses bought from that so whenever we give out these numbers these are properties that we actually bought Um, so we bought 20 deals from direct mail 14 deals from texting calling 10 from referrals like tony said we bought six from wholesalers Um, three was from google people just searching us two from tv ads our billboard slash slot uh, sign like out here at the office is two and then Facebook just by us posting we got one um, there was a couple more that were on Facebook that we bought from wholesalers and stuff but that's the uh, general overview of what we spent our marketing dollars on and what produced uh, actual results so um, yeah that basically goes over uh, how much we spent on the marketing so now the big question is holy crap you guys spent seventy seven thousand um, dollars on what was your return on that? So uh I didn't even do a return on investment, actually. <laughs> I didn't like uh, go over that at all, but um cost per lead. Yeah, I didn't go over cost per lead or uh anything like that. I mean we could do it real quick. Seventy let's just say a hundred grand. <laughs> just in case we forgot, you know, twenty five thousand and then fifty seven. I guess we should go over that too. How many deals we bought? Wait, a hundred thousand divided by fifty seven? Yeah. That's how many deals uh
1: 1,754
0: 1,000 what uh 754 about two that's, grand yeah that's about right that's about what uh Ryan Dossy says that he spends about 2, 2,000 per lead so I mean it sounds to me like we're getting him a little bit less than so that's pretty cool so yeah our total deals bought it was uh pretty cool oh man I, I actually just uh I don't have it up I wonder if I can pull it up here real quick Um, So our total deals uh, that we bought were 57. So we bought 57 deals. I wanted to tell you guys how many of those were wholesales, how Uh, many of those. I have it here. Uh,
1: 42 42 were either flips or wholesale deals. And then 15 of those uh, we either sell or financed or turned into rental properties. Nice. How many? Uh, 15 became rentals
0: or seller financed. 42 flips or wholesales. Nice. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. Um, we so in the beginning of the year, our goal was to get 36 rentals. Um, we wanted three per month, um, but then uh, once we started hiring an acquisitions guy, and then we got into uh, Ryan Pineda's program a little bit more, like. Um, we started hiring people, our overhead uh, just got kind of ridiculous, honestly. So we're like, oh, snap, like we don't have time to refinance, do all this other stuff. Like we need a wholesale, we need a flip to be able to keep this thing moving because we needed money all the time. So that's a crazy thing too. Uh, a lot of times when you hear these numbers, you're like, holy crap, like you think that like we feel rich and like we have all this money. And uh, that's the interesting thing is like, uh, I don't know if we've ever had over $50,000 in our bank account um, most of the year. Yeah, for longer than about a week. I mean, it's been in there for four days. Right, yeah, so usually we close on a big property, but we're in the middle of so many other ones that it goes very quickly. So we're we're at the point now um, where we're spending about $50,000 a week on payroll, on rehabs, all that other stuff. Um, So money goes very, very quickly. Uh, yeah, I think,
1: I think too, when we hired Andrew, we might've had like six houses in our pipeline and that felt like a lot to us at some point though, uh, we ended up with 14. So I think that was the highest number of properties. We had two houses that were pending that were supposed to go through and then had issues. Uh, one was a USDA loan that got pushed back. Another one, you know, both of these properties were probably going to end up bringing back to us about 70 to 100 grand. And so we had 14 deals in our pipeline, none of them were selling, and we were buying more expensive houses than we had previously. So our inventory was more expensive. Uh, We had more money going out to private money lenders um, in the form of interest only payments. And so we just had so much money going out, we were borrowing so much money, we had so many houses that we were like, man, I'd really like to keep some of these as rentals, but we didn't really have that option because it was so uh, so much overhead, so different than what we'd been doing in the past.
0: Yeah, so we ended up uh, flipping and wholesaling a lot more than what we wanted to this year. I mean, our goal uh, has always been to uh, have a bunch of rentals and get to 80 properties. Um, we're kind of changing that goal now a little bit just because of what Ryan Pineda has done. He's basically created a system where he can create passive income from active income by getting the right people uh, in place. So we're kind of trying to see if we can do that strategy as well, because uh, it doesn't make sense just to, you know, get to 80 rentals and then shut the whole thing down whenever we built a system. Especially if we can put the right people in place, they can help grow and uh, become, you know, CEOs and different things themselves. So, um, yeah. Yeah.
1: Basically- if you're wondering, though, uh, if we can use more money, we can always take more money from investors. We can always use that money. Uh, we'll probably be looking in, into doing more things like syndications in the future. So if you follow us, uh, I think the the link is like tiny.cc slash investwithltd, all lowercase. Um, you can go in there, put in your email, and then I'll send you deals that we're looking for money on or uh, if we find a deal that we wanna do a syndication on, you could be uh, a percentage owner of that deal as well.
0: Yeah, speaking of uh, private money lenders, uh, I wanna go over the amount of interest that we paid. Um, So I know it's wrong, Um, like in the accounting for some reason it didn't show all of it, so I know that we spent over $100,000 in interest paid to investors, so that's uh, everyday people just like you um, who invested with us they've gotten a v- decent return on their money um, we've spent a lot of money on interest and uh you know and, a lot of and really that's only like three or four like
1: Dakota saying we spent a hundred thousand but that's not split up among ten people that's like three people getting 30 40 50 grand off of us uh right. residual income per year and doing nothing but having a a piece of real estate backing that
0: as security yeah um yeah it's pretty to me, it's like a uh, very non risky just because, like, we're into these properties usually pretty far below what they're worth. So, honestly, like, if you're a private money lender, like, you would almost want us to fail in a way just because you make so much more money if we fail because you're going to get a property that's worth a lot more than that. Um, but yeah, we spent uh over a hundred thousand dollars on interest, and it's interesting because a lot of people think that, uh, we pay our private money lenders too much, um, but we look at uh, can we make more money using their money? And the answer is yes. So, um we're using their money to buy these properties. We're either listing them or we are fixing them up ourselves. And we're making more money than if we just wholesale them, which means that like we'd have to use our own money or we don't close on it at all. So using their money, giving them over a hundred thousand dollars, we were then able to make so much more money than if we never used it in the first place. So to us, it, it, it just makes sense for everybody. And, uh, yeah, I think our investors like their returns. So, uh, I think they're happy. Um, Yeah, let me see. One other thing I wanted to go over was how many people we hired. So this year, I think this is the first year that we ever hired anybody. Like, besides, well, we never even technically hired contractors, but you know, like besides people working on properties, I think this is the first year um, that we ever hired anybody. So that's a pretty big deal. So we hired three people. Um, We have Allie, Andrew, and Jacinda. So Allie is our assistant. Um, She basically does um, paying the bills. She does a lot of stuff in QuickBooks. She goes over um, the deals in the pipeline. She's gonna go into more transaction uh, coordinator position. Um, And yeah, she just uh, runs around and like does a whole bunch of stuff actually. Andrew, uh, you guys have probably heard us talk about him a lot. He's our acquisitions guy. He's the one who's actively going to get the deals. Um, And then Jacinda, she is a beast. She gets like basically anything that we need like to, uh, like stoves, couches, stuff like that, she gets them. And then now we're kind of building up our Airbnbs. um, And that's something that she really has a passion for. So she's helping us to build those up. And we're probably gonna hit that a lot harder next year. You know, that's something else I didn't talk about is how many Airbnbs we uh, uh, own now. So what, three? Yeah, we have
1: uh, one that's a duplex, so it's a top and bottom. uh, And then that that one's kind of close to the Electric Works project still a little ways away. I wouldn't say it's like exactly part of that area, but it's close-ish. And then uh, we have one that is just getting fully furnished in Leo. It's a little interesting because it's on a well and septic, which makes us a little nervous to keep it as a rental property, but um, there's that one. And then uh, there's also, uh, where's the last Lynn. one at? Okay, one uh, by Parkview Randalia um, over in the O5, and that one's rented out per room. So uh, all of those properties are, we're looking at around 3000 a month from those where previously we'd be able to run them for 1,000, 1200. Um, So we're producing more cash flow. Of course there's more overhead, but uh, Airbnb, uh, furnished finders, that type of setup. When you have a good property manager um, and you have somebody kind of taking care of finding you new tenants and that sort of thing, it ends up paying for itself. And uh, we worked out kind of a, a commission structure uh, as well, just so that for dealing with more headaches, uh, she ends up getting paid more.
0: Yep, So I, I like talking about expenses. I don't know why, it's kind of funny. <laughs> like, cause people are just like, holy crap. Uh, so another thing that was kind of interesting is over $700,000. Uh, is what we spent on flip expenses. So to me, that's a really cool number uh, because like, that's $700,000 that we invested into mostly Fort Wayne. We did go into other cities a little bit, but I would say mostly Fort Wayne. So $700,000 invested back into Fort Wayne that I feel like we helped the community, we get to help make a nicer place, we get to make these properties like more valuable, which some people don't like, but I'd say most people like that. Um, so, yeah, that's a that's a super cool number. Almost a million dollars. Actually, it's probably over a million, honestly. This is just like flip expenses. This doesn't take into consideration um, what we spent on contractors and stuff. Um, I'll look at that number uh, here soon, actually, and well, then since, see. But Since we got started,
1: too, you know, and I know a lot of times they'll do this for presidencies and that sort of thing. They'll be like, we created this many jobs. And I think since we got started, we have like maybe 13 folks who – regularly get paid by us, which doesn't mean they're employees, uh, just means that they receive a check from us in some way. And then if you count uh, Dakota and myself, that's 15. And then if you count our property management company, that's 16. You know, we use a lot of different businesses and services here locally. So a lot of the money goes back to these corporations and even carpet suppliers, Um, construction suppliers, that sort of thing. So we're constantly spending money here in our uh, local community. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit because we got some deals stuff. We got some money stuff, uh, expenses, jobs created, uh, but also Dakota and I spent a lot of money on personal development. That's always a fun one for me. I know Grant Cardone said to uh, spend your first 100000 or at least spend $100,000 on yourself in the form of personal development in your lifetime. And uh, I don't remember what my numbers were for that. I thought we were around 40000 for 2020, right?
0: Yeah, 2021? I mean, so, so right now we haven't categorized everything that you just bought, but like right now it just says uh, 16000 So $15,714 um, is what we have in the QuickBooks, but... Um yeah that's not like everything you just bought like the 10x and that stuff but yeah I thought like
1: both of us maybe it was both of us together it ended up being 40,000
0: this year in personal development what um for PSI was that was uh, we bought that the, the previous year, before. year yeah so we bought it the previous year while we were there so it doesn't count on this year's or whatever but I mean it was still we still went this year, so it still kind of counts as this year, but it was... And we we got stuff planned, too. We have yeah. stuff
1: planned for uh, next year. So I already bought... Uh, we met some really cool folks uh, at one of the events that we went to, and they said, hey, if you like what you did here, then you're really going to like NLP, uh, Neuro Linguistic Programming. Um, we're going to go learn how to be facilitators of that, actually. It's like a, a course to teach you how to teach that to others. Um, that's a three day event and that was fairly inexpensive. Um, we're going to do that in Phoenix, Arizona in June and then, uh, 10 X growth con in Miami, Florida. Um, uh, there's another, gosh, I'm trying to remember everything, but basically we're doing, Oh, Gary V. Oh yeah. So we bought a token, a non fungible token, and we're going to go to his first event in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, I think that's in May. So there's one that I'm missing too. But at least four events this year so far, plus probably the, the at least three of the four Vegas Masterminds. That puts us at uh, seven trips <laughs> already. So we're probably going to spend at least $14,000 on <laughs> plane tickets and hotels and... Um,
0: Rental cars. Yeah, I forgot about the uh future flipper and stuff like that too. That that still counts. Mm-hmm. It takes up our time, which is like a value. Something else I forgot to talk about was uh um repairs and maintenance. So repairs and maintenance are different than flip expenses. So repairs and maintenance are what we put into our own rental properties. Um so those are ones that we plan on keeping. Um what do you think that number is, Tony?
1: Um we kept 15, just take that times what, 20K, 15,000, or 15, or yeah, 15,000 per house, or 15 houses times 20,000. There we go. Sorry, people. Uh, 300K. No. <laughs> no,
0: no. So, uh, so far we spent about 170,000. I mean, okay. a lot of the properties that we bought this year, like didn't really need a whole lot. Like, uh, the one we bought one on Felician, um, that we just bought it needed absolutely nothing. We just bought it. We had, uh, there's a tenant and we just put a tenant in there. Same well, thing. That's funny too. Cause it's just like, all right, people that shows you how broke
1: we were this year. We did not buy anything that needed a significant amount of work. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's true. We didn't hold it. Well, we, yeah, we didn't hold it. Yeah, that's that's the thing is we didn't hold anything that needed a lot of work. If we put a bunch of money into it, we're like, all right, we need our money back and we gotta sell it. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, because a lot of these, they were like, uh, we bought them and we held them. So a lot of these that we bought this year that we actually kept as rentals, they already had a tenant in there. So it's like, all right, well, we can't kick them out or we don't wanna kick them out and then like try to get the money back. So we just kept them. So that's in, actually how we ended up keeping a lot of these uh, as rentals is they already had a tenant in there. Um, so yeah, $170,000 though. So, um, I know like, uh, whenever we first got started, a lot of people thought that we were just buying like low end stuff and like, uh, rougher areas and stuff. Um, but even, even though we do buy in rougher areas, like we'll buy anywhere. Um, we actually put the money into them and make them still look really nice. So like, even like, you know. Rougher areas, they look like high-end houses. Like we paint them gray, we do our flooring, we do everything that we do in other houses. We do them in the in the rough areas as well. So, um, yeah, we we try to put a lot of money into our rentals and make them pretty nice. A lot of times, we actually told that we fix them up too nice. So, hundred and seventy thousand dollars spent on uh, on our rentals. So, um, yeah, we try to make them nice for you guys because we care about our tenants. Love them, they're our friends sometimes too much, but now we're creating that distance with, a, with a property management company, which that's something else that we forgot to talk about was we got a property management company. So that has been a fun transition. Um, a lot of our tenants had our phone number and, you know, some of them got upset and, uh, we're just like, I didn't, I didn't sign an agreement with AG, I signed an agreement with you and all this other stuff. So it got pretty crazy, some of them. And then they text us a lot. And it was a lot of fun. But the transition is going well now, I'd say because a lot of the new people that are getting in there, they're getting used to working with AG, we don't have to deal with maintenance and stuff. And now we can finally focus on like actually flipping and wholesaling a lot more which is something that i think we're better at i think we're like okay at property management but i wouldn't say it's either one of our strong suits or something we'd enjoy like it's not fun i don't know i don't know if anybody enjoys it actually maybe sarah Maybe Sarah likes it, but uh, yeah. So for me, I like uh, flipping properties a lot more. I think it's a lot more fun. So now we get to focus more on that. We get to give them all of uh, all of our tenants and stuff. And yeah, that's pretty cool. So we got property management this year. That was huge um, for us. We're, um, I don't know how much we spent on that, but geez, mortgage payments, I don't even. Yeah, that's a lot. All right, let's go over the exciting numbers. We already went over how many deals we bought. Um, so I think I already told you, dang it. See, this is what I was like, I was like, all right, I want you to you guess. You gave me an idea. I said I said three point two million. On what? Uh, our total gross. Like gross profit? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what that number is, honestly, because like our numbers are so our numbers are so messed up in QuickBooks that it's uh it's very difficult to tell. And I know that sounds crazy. And, uh, a lot of people like, you know, they're like, how can you make money and not know what it is? Dude, we'll look at the bank account and there'll be like 20, 30,000 in there. And I'm like, if it was from a couple weeks ago, I'm like, I don't know where that came from. And our tax accountant is just like, how do you not know where $20,000 went? I'm like, dude, it goes quick. So these numbers are a little bit off on our profit and loss. We're still cleaning them up. But I, I actually keep an Excel sheet and we have our QuickBooks just to try to like keep the two like actually organized. And so I have an idea about what's going on. So I already told Tony, but how much we spent, how much do you, how much did you think we spent on properties before? Did you have an idea? No. Oh. No, I don't think you told me this one. All right. How much do you think we spent? Just on properties? Yeah. On all of our properties that we bought. How much do you think we spent? Not what they're worth or what we put into them. Like how much we spent? Because we had fifty-seven, I don't know. Our
1: average house this year felt like it was like just just by, like, throwing it out there, maybe seventy k. No, that's not right. Because we bought some cheaper houses too. Um, maybe fifty k. Times uh. Times the fifty-seven.
0: Three mil yep (laughs) that's funny because like you did the average you're like 75 you're like no that's not it Then you did 50 i was like yeah the average so the average house we bought is fifty thousand. um so i mean that that's funny too though because it's not really
1: like the average it's more like the mean where you know we bought houses for four grand like just recently and then we bought that was gonna be the cheapest one for 120 (laughs) you know we bought a house for four grand we bought a house for 205 oh oh
0: yeah That was our most expensive one. So they're scattered. Yeah. So our cheapest house that we bought this year was $4,000. We just bought that one recently. And our most expensive property that we bought this year was $205,000. That was the mansion we showed you guys. So it was funny because on that uh, one that we went to, actually, both of those were from Andrew, um, which is funny. Andrew uh, took a phone call. The lady's like... Whatever you say you want to give me, I'm fine with. And he's like, All right, well, five to $10,000. She's like, Okay. So we go out there, we look at it, and we negotiated $4,000. It is pretty rough, but we're going to make some decent money on that one. Um, Then the one for $205,000, I didn't even want to go look at it. The lady was asking, like, I think she was asking $230 or $250 or something like that. And I didn't even want to go look at it. I was just like, Dude, we're not going to spend $200,000 on a house. This is stupid. Then I go and look at it. I'm like, Calling Tony's like, yep, I think we should buy it. And I'm like, uh, all right, I'm going to get it for a little bit less. Because Tony's like, I think you said go to 210 or 215. Yeah, I was willing to go up to 210 on it. It was, uh,
1: it because I think it, Dakota had talked back and forth with the seller. And uh, they eventually got to 210, because I think Dakota wanted to buy it for 200 max. And uh, the, with the square footage of that property, like it was just a mansion. It's so, so cool on the inside, too. He sent me, uh, Facetime me the outside of the property, and I was like, wow. Like a lot of it's brick. There's like a cool awning. There's uh, the front area where there's like this nice stairwell and this. It's just, it's just really cool. It had a slate roof and uh, copper gutters and needed a roof right away. But I was just like, wow, that house is different. Like people will, will want it. Um, even though it's zoned as an office. That's a potential issue that we might run into later. But it's yeah. really cool, really cool property.
0: Yeah, but the nice thing about that property is, is like when we appraised it to buy it, it appraised for three fifty. Um, so we're gonna put thirty five into it probably. Um, and so yeah, we'll be all in for two forty and then we think it's worth three fifty, I think. In my opinion, I think we can make a six-figure flip on this one, which will be pretty cool. So, uh, total though, that we spent on the properties was $3,086,042.87. That was what we spent on all of our properties. So, um, that's pretty crazy whenever you look back because like whenever you're doing these deals, you're just like, looking, and and you're like, oh man, like you don't even look at what's happening anymore. Like when, It's so funny i didn't even tell you this so i saw a uh a a facebook post with this guy that was like making a post he's like hey man i got this deal under contract i don't have the money for it and then some realtor was just like oh man he's putting stuff under contract that he doesn't have the money for and i wanted to like comment on there but like oh dude we do that all the time um but i think it is a little bit different with new wholesalers who don't like have the means or like they're not positive they're gonna find the money but like that's also what you have to do to get started so um yeah i think it's interesting like You know three million dollars not like we have we've never had three million dollars ever um i mean that's just crazy and uh, i remember at one point i was actually the most scared in the business ever i was stressed out i couldn't freaking eat at all um but there was a point where we had over a million dollars under contract and uh we were spending, like we're still spending $50,000 a week. I have like a ton of money invested, like I don't know, over 150,000 invested. And so I'm almost out of money. Um, and we still had to buy these properties. Then Andrew who works on commission is still bringing deals in and we gotta continue to do those and we're in the middle of like 10 other flips. So we had over a million under contract and all of our private money lenders were like tapped out. So we started freaking out. But then Tony was just like, all right, what do we need? And then he just started sending out emails to people and uh, we found some more investors and we found a million dollars within 30 days. Um, So that's just crazy. Like uh, it's also stressful, but yeah, I mean, we spent three million in one year, and I would say most of that was in the last like half of the year. Once we hired Andrew, I would say like probably like I don't know, at least half, one point five was spent in like the last four months, probably on properties, which is just crazy. Yeah, that always
1: happens at the end of the year. It feels like we have this exponential growth. Um, we change something, or we you know decide to move forward on an idea that we've got. And then it ends up manifesting in like July. And then it actually ends up like full, like like a big push around September. And so then by the end of the year, we're like, oh, crap, like things really sped up. I feel like that happened every single year uh, where, you know, maybe the first time was uh, when I went full time in the business. And then the second time was... When we uh, started doing marketing consistently. And then the third time was when Dakota went full time in the business. And the fourth time was when
0: Andrew,
1: when we hired anybody, we just hired our first employee. And then after that was when we hired a sales guy. And then again, um, when we found more private money, you know, there's or started doing social media consistently. Like there's always been these things that exponentially uh, improve the input and the output. Um, so yeah. we've been expanding by, uh, figuring out the next thing to scale and then doing that.
0: Yeah. I want to uh, actually talk about, um, our wholesales. I'm, I'm pulling this up here. Hopefully you guys can't see too much of this, but, uh, I know you already kind of know this, but I figured I'd show you too, cause it's pretty sweet. So in 2019, that was the first year that Tony, uh, went full time in the business. So that was when we really started like actually like trying to do stuff consistently because we had to pay for Tony and everybody um, So we made eighty two thousand dollars in profit like net profit. Well, that was all wholesales I think maybe we did one flip. Yeah, that was on uh, Lily <laughs> Lily. <laughs> Lily so we did one flip that year. So in 2019 we made around eighty two thousand and I remember like dang, that's pretty good um and then uh 2020 so last year um our average wholesale was $10,000 our average flip was $18,500 our overall total average deal was 12,500 and um our total profit for last year uh was around 273,500 um so that's like, you know, not taking in consideration marketing and all that other costs and overhead and stuff. Yeah. Well, it's kind of gross, kind of net. Um, it's like gross off of, you know, this takes in consideration like how much money we put in the deals, what we paid in realtor costs, what we paid in the taxes and stuff like that. Not like our proration of property taxes, not our actual taxes that we had to pay on it. But so it's kind of gross, kind of net. It depends on which way you look at it, but it's definitely gross of an overall company, net on that particular house. Um, but this doesn't uh take into consideration interest paid, stuff like that. Um so that was two hundred and seventy-three. This year, what do you think? Uh
1: seven hundred and fifty thousand.
0: You're close. off. (laughs) But so far, we've made around 534,000. So and then by the end of the year, we're going to close that uh, deal um, on Taylor. Uh, So we'll close that. So we'll be around 550. um, And if we close any other properties like Sargent or anything like that, then we'll probably be closer to 600. Um, So yeah, so that's pretty cool. Uh $600,000. This is just on the flips and the wholesales. Uh some like right now we're at 535, let's just say 535,000. Our average wholesale now is 13170 uh $170. Our average flip is $45,000, which is freaking incredible. Um shout out to our crew. They've helped us uh our other contractors has helped us a ton. He's been knocking them down. Um, so thank you, guys. It really helps us to actually get through these a lot faster. Um, and then our overall average deal, like between everything, is about 20500 I broke it down even more because I wanted to know more numbers. So I wanted to know um, if we're looking at uh, how much um, equity we uh, kept and then plus on how much we made. And that number is pretty cool. What do you think that number is? Oh, an equity? In equity, plus how much we've already made. So, like, let's say you take this year to date, how much money we made, plus how much equity we have. I was very interested in this number. Let's see. So,
1: we kept about 15. Yep. Yeah, I think so. 15 houses, 25,000, 375 in equity. Plus. 535 be like nine nine ten nine hundred ten thousand
0: now you got me question whether I did this <laughs> let me just see real quick uh, untitled spreadsheet so I did this so I did how much we sold them every single property that we sold them for and then I put all of our cost of rehabs right over here and then this is like this total right here is all of the properties whether they're sold, like how much we sold them for, plus how much uh, they're worth, minus whatever we put into them if we're holding them now, mm. and then this is that. So if I'm right, which I think I am, will be like minus the mortgages. Did you? Well, the mortgages uh, like don't actually matter for how much equity we've created. Oh yeah, it would. You'd have to take the mortgages out. Well, not not if we're taking in the equity that we've created, not, I'm not talking about how much equity we actually have. I'm talking about how Mm. much we generated this year. How much, like if we were to sell these properties right now, how much money did we make? And that would be this number. Okay. So is that sound right?
1: Well, you'd still, if you were going to sell them, you'd still have to take the mortgages, like
0: subtract the mortgages out. But it doesn't that doesn't lower your basis on how much you actually have in the property. Like let's just say that we bought a property for a hundred thousand dollars. We put twenty five grand into it, but we borrowed one fifty. We're still making, if we sell it for two hundred, we're still making seventy five thousand, even though we're only getting fifty back. We just mm. we just took an advance on the twenty-five. Yeah. So this is like basically like how much we generated. Because mortgages don't really matter. Obviously, interest paid comes out of it, but like the mortgage doesn't matter on how much we made. Um, so I think I'm right. I'm pretty sure. I don't know, but we're just gonna assume that I did my math correctly. If I'm wrong, correct me. Let me know. But one million six hundred sixty-four thousand and forty-seven dollars was between profit and equity created in all of our properties that we've done. Um, This does not take into consideration, uh, on all the sold stuff, it does take into consideration our realtor fees and all that other stuff. On our equity, it doesn't take out that or our proration of taxes, all that other stuff. All it is is how much we have into the property, uh, plus what we bought it for. That's basically what we're using as our basis and then what it's actually worth. So um, that means that on average, every single property that we buy, we either have 30,000, like basically we're going to make $30,000 on it on average, Overall, if we were to sell all of our rental properties and stuff. So I thought that was pretty cool. 1.6, almost 1.7 million generated this year um, in equity or profit, which is nuts. Because, like, when I tell you that we're broke or like we feel like we're broke all the time, like, I'm telling you, like, we're seriously like have, it feels, well, not feels like we have no money all the time. Um, because we spend it all on the next one and the next one and the next one. So even though we generated this, you don't see it. And then also like if you have 140, like if you have a property that's worth 140 and you don't have all your equity because obviously the bank doesn't give you all your equity, it's just kind of sitting there. So you build a lot of net worth and then a lot of times you don't actually have the money in your bank account because once you have the money in your bank account, that's when you really pay taxes on it. But yeah, I thought that number was pretty crazy. So uh, goals for 2022. We didn't talk about that.
1: I have uh, a little... Yeah, well, we can talk about it now. (laughs) (laughs) I have a vision board that I put up on my wall and then I like add things to it. I I always uh, struggle with wondering if I'm uh, stretching. I feel like I stretch my what I've already got rather than like pursuing new things. I saw a Buddhist monk type guy who was like, I hope that you get everything that you didn't wish for kind of thing. And I feel like that happens with me a lot where I go into something and then I end up having the hero's journey and I just get what I need rather than what I want. Because what I want of is usually a magnification of what I already have. But uh, on that being said, all of the stuff that I have is pretty much like me wanting more of what I've already got. So I put uh, storage units, uh, potentially getting into self storage a little bit, uh, multifamily properties, maybe mobile home parks, just going after bigger deals, uh, possibly sitting down with a lawyer and starting a fund and doing a syndication, maybe one syndication this year, uh, as well as uh, just a bunch of houses down at the bottom, you know, trying to trying to hit our 80 houses goal, which was our initial goal. And then something else we're going to do more of is uh, course sales. Uh, We might start our own real estate investors association, try to build our own network and our own community and uh, be more uh, educators and, and experts in the space that we're in. uh, As well as I'd like to uh, either get a girlfriend or a committed partner. Um, And then besides that, just some things that I'd like to buy, like a new iPhone and laptop and that sort of thing.
0: A laptop. What kind of laptop?
1: Just, just a regular laptop. Oh, nothing special. I mean, what do you think oh, about what do you think about a Mac? The uh, <laughs> I didn't say anything. nothing special.
0: <laughs> We're gonna get. Somebody get Tony a MacBook. I <laughs> love it. So
1: that I can take it to the pawn shop. <laughs> <laughs> and then get himself a Dell. <laughs> <laughs> or a ThinkPad or whatever. As long as it's not from Best Buy. <laughs>
0: yeah, Best Buy sucks. We bought a computer from there one time. I had so much junk on it, we couldn't even use it for some reason. HP, it was brand new, and, like, it didn't even work. It was annoying. Um, but, yeah, I think... Uh, Last year, I know we hit a goal or we had a goal that if we hit $400,000 in net profit, that we're going to get Teslas. Um, the funny thing is, I don't know if we hit it because like, I can't tell. It's so hard to tell. So uh, hopefully at the end of the year, well, it's kind of like good and bad to, you know, make money too. Cause like if we show $400,000 net profit, then like we had to pay a lot of taxes and um, but I kind of want to know our real numbers because it's always hard to see your numbers if like you're writing everything off and it's like, all right, did we actually make money or like, were we just writing off stuff that we're going to spend it on anyway and stuff like that? So I don't know where we ended up, but um, yeah, so if we hit 400,000, then I guess we had to buy Teslas because we told ourselves that. Yeah, I always, look at, I always look at the cost benefit
1: analysis of buying a, a different vehicle And I already did one on, like, going with a Toyota Corolla Hybrid versus the car that I've got now. And really, it ends up paying itself off in, like, eight years. And I drive so many miles, I don't even know if the car... Like, the car probably have like, 350,000 miles on it in eight years or something. And then uh, same thing with the the Tesla like cars just depreciate in value over time. Even if you keep low miles on them, they still don't hold a lot of residual value. So I always count on the value being zero when I'm done with the car. And in order to do that with, you know, a Tesla, basically you'd have to get like the $40,000 version of the Tesla model three that doesn't have autopilot. And so then it's just like, what are you even getting a Tesla for besides not having to go get gas? But no autopilot, just the base
0: model type thing. Uh, I think I'll just keep driving my regular car. (laughs) Yeah, I don't give a crap about the uh, uh, benefits of it at that point. I mean, it's more just like to reward yourself for hitting a goal, you know, because like if you keep doing all this and then like you don't get anything out of it, it's kind of like, what are we doing it for? Like, uh, you know, that's something else that I guess, I don't know if we talk about very much. Uh, I don't remember, but we haven't bought, we don't buy anything we haven't bought anything like we bought equipment we bought stuff for this like we buy stuff for the business we don't buy anything for ourselves so you know you make a lot of money and like most people want to spend their money go out and party go out and like you know buy these new cars and do all that stuff uh we haven't done that in four years <laughs> four years uh so that's what it'd be more for me is like i right, like we're doing this like to actually like get something. I mean, I, I love providing value. And like, you know, for me, the bi- building the business is like more fun, and, like all I want. But like, it is nice to reward yourself sometimes too. So it'd be more for that than like actually making sense. It doesn't make sense. A Tesla doesn't make no freaking sense. If you admit if you validated it, the only way that I could think of that you validated it is like a write off on your taxes. That's the only thing that I can think of. But other than that, like, it, it doesn't make sense. It's just cool. I could see how,
1: if you were getting, you know, 18 miles per gallon with a, another vehicle, uh, and it was terrible safety wise, like you add up all the benefits of having, and and even saving money on, uh, insurance and stuff like that too. Like if you were driving a, a sports car or something and then you switched, uh, how it would still make sense. But yeah, a lot of times it makes sense to buy a $10,000 vehicle more than it does to buy a $50,000 vehicle.
0: Yeah, go buy a Prius if you want to make sense. That's that's what you got to do. Prius. Well,
1: the, the Toyota Corolla Hybrid's even cheaper. That's why I was oh, going really? that right. Yeah, bra- brand new. They're like 22000 instead of Thirty thousand,
0: and they look a lot cooler, and people won't make fun of you as much. (laughs) I I like the uh, I like the Corolla hybrids; they look sweet. So I drive a Camry hybrid right now, which I think those look pretty cool too. Uh, But they get really good gas mileage; they're around forty some per gallon, so it's pretty strong. So that's why a Tesla doesn't make any sense for me either. Like I am not getting better gas mileage or anything. It's not. You know what does bother me about the Teslas though is that everybody's driving one now. Like everybody drives a Tesla. I am just like man. I want my Genesis back, but that, that makes, that makes total like no sense at all. So <laughs> I'm just like, man, like I was getting 15 miles per gallon with my Genesis. I mean, it was just dumb. I'm like, I can't even, it actually bothered me like driving it. Like it literally bothered me. Cause I'm like, this makes no sense. I really like it. And I think it's cool, but like, man, it made no sense at all. It was just dumb. So I felt like I was just wasting money, but, um, yeah, I guess, uh, this next year really, it's going to be more like, uh, for me, it would be like my goals for the company would be like, I want to get Andrew like trained where he's doing everything himself, uh, like going, looking at properties and everything. And then I would like to get one more acquisitions guy. Cause I think having two acquisitions guys important. Um, it keeps you motivated and then has somebody to compete with. We need somebody who's like really good. that can compete with him, Um, and then they can learn off each other. Um, yeah, that, that's
1: something I thought about, too, is we could even expand into other markets. You know, if I'm getting overwhelmed with the amount of uh, leads that I'm having to pull, data that I'm having to pull, then that's kind of a good thing because then it causes me to have to figure out, like, what other markets can we go and wholesale in? We have mentors, friends, associates in other markets, and we could take less of a uh A commission on those because we don't have our licenses in other states, but we could partner with people in other markets and sell them our deals, uh, especially if they're willing to buy every single one that gives us more faith to continue doing the marketing. And if we're good at it, they don't like doing the marketing and sales anyways. And that's kind of something that we're good at. We could scale our wholesaling business that way. And then also, uh, I thought about this, this might be something later on in the year again, that would exponentially move the business forward. But it's more like, you know, at least a one year investment, which is to find someone who we can pay hourly, but also give some sort of a percentage like to build our YouTube and TikTok, uh, somebody that's going to follow us around with a camera, create content from our previous content hire people under them. So basically just like a social media videographer specialist um, who's interested in having a percentage of that company, whatever that company ends up looking like, because uh, social media will help us scale exponentially. It's just doing it is a full, it's a full business in and of itself. It requires like, you know, maybe I, I would imagine between all of the different employees that uh, one of our mentors, Ryan Pineda's got, he's you know he's got three guys. That's 120 hours plus the 24 that he does. He's got 144 hours a and, week and VAs. Yeah, virtual assistants and folks selling his courses and folks asking people to to like his page and subscribe and everything else. And like, man, you know it's a, maybe it's 200 hours per week just to really crush it. And I'd rather rather crush social media because of the exponential payoff in three to five years but at the same time we can't sink the business (laughs) by uh allocating so much of our resources to that in the process so it's like when do you start when do you pull the trigger on social media and when do we see the return um but yeah that's something else that I've been thinking about too is social media
0: yeah I say it's funny how, like, uh, I feel like sometimes we go back and forth on who's thinking about ideas and what we're going to do next. Because, like, now, for me, my goals are more about everything that we have now. And just, well, I guess it's been like that sometimes. Like, I guess the course I kind of thought of. And then, uh, like, now I feel like I always want to maintain everything. I'm like, all right, we got this. I need to, like, sort it out and maintain it. So that's the way I think about more is, like, uh, this year, like, I definitely want to do more. Um, Airbnbs. Um, So like I want to ramp that up with Jacinda um, and like make sure that she's like, I want to help her hit her goals too. So she has goals to be financially free. So I want to help her do that. And like, we're going to ramp it up. So that's something else that I really want to do is just ramp up how many we're doing. Um, I know she wants to do them in Florida and Indy. Um, I want to do that too. Um, So that's something that is definitely on the list. Um, Something else is just like, uh, like automating the business. Like I really wanted to be as automated as, as possible. So like, I want to help Allie, like really grow into the position, like let's freaking get this thing done. And this year, uh, we're going to start having to be more strict. So that's something else I want to implement is like more expectations and like really helping people. Cause I was just talking to Andrew about, I feel like whenever you don't hold anybody to an expectation or anything, like I'm kind of like, not helping them to reach their full potential at all. Like I'm not pushing them, I'm not doing that. And I'm always used to people being self-motivated. But like, uh, I feel like sometimes people need to push and they need expectations and they need structure. Um, And so now I'm gonna have to create it for them because I also feel like they're cheating each other Like they're actually bringing each other down by not doing it so i'm like man like for me it's not even like about being selfish like oh man like you guys need to do this for us and for our company it's like no you need to do this for yourself and for the other people that you're working with because you're hurting these other people like that you're working with and like we all want to do well and like you know all the contractors like they said like hey this represents us like as a company and like we want to make sure that we do it 100 but like everything that we do now everything that they do now represents us as a company um so yeah just holding them to higher standards that's something that I really want to do is like create more structure um even though I freaking hate structure so much like it's literally everything I fight against and now I have to create it I'm like kind of sucks but uh, well and too
1: I think that uh in order to fully automate something you eventually have to replace yourself or like hire someone else to replace yourself which gets complicated when you start adding more and more and more pieces to the business like social media and that sort of thing but um, ultimately like our primary mentor that we're in future flipper with hired someone who like has a power of attorney over him who can sign for him it's his sister but you know she stepped in and then overlooks everyone else who overlooks the businesses that he runs so you need somebody to replace yourself, and then you need somebody to replace <laughs> you again when you become the overarching person who overlooks all of the businesses. Yeah. So I think that's that's the key. Is like, it's going to be Allie or it's not going to be Allie. Like one right. of the two. And got to figure it out sooner to automate it faster. Well,
0: and I don't then- think she's. I don't think she's going to be like taking over like everything. Like she's not going to be the head of like the CEO or anything. But like she could still be like The transaction coordinator, kind of making sure everything is moving, and then there's gonna have to be somebody over her, like kind of like where I'm at now, or trying to get into that position, like where like, all right, I'm not doing any of the day to day stuff. I'm just kind of overviewing it more, and uh, yeah, I don't think that I don't think she's like the CEO, um, at least not yet. I mean, maybe she'll develop into it, but not not right now. But uh, yeah, also the scary part is, I mean, I've told you a lot about this is like making sure you don't have one person. Who's like the CEO or like one person who's doing the overlooking too much? Because you need some, like, just like the government, you need checks and balances to make sure that somebody's not stealing money or moving stuff around. Like, you need to make sure that there's multiple people watching stuff because it'll, uh, it can be taken very quickly. Like I said earlier in the podcast, uh, like we can misplace $20,000 pretty easily. And you're just like, I don't know what the heck happened, but like, you need to make sure that you have other people watching that. Um, so, yeah, that's something else that we we're thinking about. But, yeah, that's uh, so um, helping Andrew. I mean, I want to get more into the sales side of stuff, too. So, um, like training salespeople, um, that's something that I want to do. It's like training sales guys and then helping Andrew, um, like, get more deals and, like, sharpen his skills and stuff, like, and get more into the sales. So, yeah, that's really what I want to focus on. Andrew, Allie, Jacinda. And then helping them grow and getting Airbnbs. And then uh, I guess whatever Tony throws at me in the meantime, (laughs) whatever we decide to do together and uh, buying massive deals. Yeah. I know uh, Jordan and Alex are talking about doing syndication and stuff too. I'm like, dude, let us know. Like, whatever, once you find the deal, like 10 million, 20 million, 50 million, like whatever it is, like we could raise it pretty easily, honestly. Um, I think we got enough contacts now that we can raise however amount of money. We raise a million dollars in 30 days pretty quick, pretty easily, even though it's scary. What's funny so, is, too, I,
1: I just feel like, you know, finding deals and finding money is, like, kind of what we're really good at. And I feel like we'd be able to find better deals than them. <laughs> Jordan,
0: Jordan, we probably could, actually. But Jordan has found some. I mean, that deal, that 102 unit, that was a steal. I mean, $26,000 per unit on a 102-unit in Fort Wayne, that's that's unheard of. But I do think we can find them. I mean, I think that we have. In my opinion, I think we've found better deals than anybody in Fort Wayne. I don't think there's anybody that are buying them as cheap as we are. And at, like, the scale, like, I don't know anybody. Um, can you think of anybody? Well, nobody with... Uh
1: with as few dollars as we have, like per, you know, per deal. I feel like we've done it with the least amount of money. So there's a lot of other folks out there who've bought a lot more properties or gotten good deals because they bought properties in bulk or, you know, just happened upon one because a wholesaler brought it to them because they're like one of the big dogs. But I think we have the least amount of money and we've gotten the most success from the few that we actually do bring in so we're still probably one of the the top 20 house buying companies in fort wayne um coming from nothing which is the impressive part
0: yeah i just don't i can't think of very many people who buy them as cheap i guess as we do like for you know 50 percent or less of value like most of the time like people aren't getting them that low it just seems like they're paying Like we pay, we'll pay more from wholesalers and stuff, but I would say most of the time, like we do buy them less than other people. So I don't know if that's like from the marketing or the sales or both, but yeah, I guess we should see if we can get some uh, better deals than uh, Jordan too. So coming (laughs) for you. There's not as many
1: people that are advertising it too. You know, when they find like the steal of a lifetime, they don't post it on their social media. Um, So there's a lot of uh, folks who have been around for a really long time who have that, a limited mindset where they're like, if I share with everybody what I'm doing, somebody's going to come after true. me. Somebody's going to take it from me. Um, so we've, we, we bought houses for a thousand dollars, $2,000, $3,000, $4,000, $5,000. We haven't bought anything for six grand yet. We're trying to fill that spot. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to find one. <laughs> I could have offered this lady six. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we didn't have a four yet. So yeah, that's true. Now we got a four. Now we got to buy one for six. Yeah. We'll tell them that. I'll tell him. So they'll, be, they'll be at eight, and Dakota will be like, "Come on, we've
0: we've bought. I will give you money under the table." Just so we can't No, listen. I won't do that. I'll be like, "Hey, look, we need six thousand. Like, that's gonna be the number." And they're like, "Why?" i will be like, "Well, you see, like, <laughs> we have a reputation." <laughs> yeah, like we got a reputation to uphold, and uh, we need this on a uh, Google review. So, um, yeah. Well, that's been about an hour. Yeah. So that's it. If you guys have any questions or anything that you guys want to know about what happened this year uh, that we didn't go over or anything, uh, we're pretty transparent. We go over our numbers. We we say it not to brag, but to actually let you guys know what's possible. Because um, a lot of times, like Tony said, these investors like are a very uh, scarcity mindset, in my opinion, where they're just like, they're so worried about somebody taking what they have um, or like being scared of being judged or anything like, we want to be transparent with you to let you know that like this is possible because a lot of times like people don't tell you what's possible. You don't even understand like that this is possible in your area, no matter where you're at. Um, like you can buy properties and like the highest time that, you know, properties are at the highest, you can still buy them for less than what they're worth. So like that's something else that we just hear a lot. So, um, Yeah, there's no deals out there and stuff. There's deals out there. You have to make the deal. But if there's anything that we didn't go over, uh, let us know. um, And we will answer any questions you guys have. And uh, you got any closing thoughts? Well, if you want to
1: learn how to find deals, how to find money, how to find contractors, how we built our business from nothing to uh, some decent equity and income coming in all the time, uh, we have a course coming out. It's primarily going to focus on wholesales and flips. The URL to get to that page is tiny.cc slash ltdflipcourse, all lowercase the last half there, tiny.cc slash ltdflipcourse. Put in your email, hit enter. I think it might ask you for your phone number too, um, and then I'll follow up with you when it comes out. We're going to give a $100 discount to everybody who fills that information out, and the course is going to be comprehensive. It's going to be one of the biggest wholesaling and flipping courses with a lot of really honest, really genuine, really authentic advice, Uh, stuff that, I don't know if lawyers looked at it, they'd probably be like, eh, I wouldn't say that. Uh, We're going to tell you guys everything that we've done to build our business from nothing. So if you want to get started in real estate, it's going to be the best thing for you. It's going to be about $895. I think that's going to be our release price. And uh, then we have a rentals one coming out shortly after that as well. Um, but we're still working on that, trying to get it finished up by the new year. I'm going to make some videos as soon as my parents head back to uh, Batavia, Illinois, and uh, get a few videos done this weekend. But it's going to be really soon, so check that out.
0: Yep, and then also there's going to be sales and everything in there too. So there will be have some live calls. We've got reenactments with uh, Tony and I. We've got like different scripts, so uh, everything that you guys are going to need. So yeah, check that out, um, and uh, we'll see you guys on the next one. Peace.